This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The World Market Watch is brought to you by CMB Preferred. BFM 89.9, a.m. on Monday, the 5th of December. You're listening to The Morning Run. I'm Shazana Mokhtar with Wong Xiaoning and Chong Jen Sun. As always, let's kickstart this lovely Monday morning with a look at how global markets closed last Friday. U.S. markets were mixed. The Dow was up 0.1%. The S&P 500 was down 0.1%. And Nasdaq was down by 0.2%. In Asian markets, the Nikkei was down by 1.6%. The Hang Seng and the Shanghai High Composite Index were down by 0.3%. The Straits Times Index was down by 1%. And the FBMKLCI was down by 0.7%. For more thoughts on where international markets could be heading this week, we have on the line with us Kingsley Jones, Chief Investment Officer at Jevons Global. Kingsley, good morning. Can we start with just the overnight news coming out of China? How significant is um, news that uh, we're going to see easing of COVID testing rules in Shanghai and other mainland cities? Do you think that this is a clear shift towards a reopening? Yeah, it could be. I mean, uh, it's always difficult to parse exactly where policy goes in China, particularly on this issue, because it's so sensitive to the central government. Um, But I think it's a positive, and certainly the market reaction in uh, commodities like iron ore, which I know was uh, up again, uh, you know, it's supportive of the idea that, yeah, we could have a reopening in play. And obviously that's quite bullish for markets, uh, particularly in this region and exporters like Australia. And Kingsley, uh, which sectors will garner an immediate boost once they drop their COVID-0 policy? I think that um, certainly the commodity complex you would expect will improve. Um, I'd be looking for some improvement in copper prices because if we do see a general reopening in China coupled with uh, a wind back of, of the severity, at least, of COVID restrictions and some resolution of this ongoing issue with Chinese uh, real estate, uh, then I think we could expect copper to improve. Um, the, the flip side of that is that I think there's also generally been a sell down across stocks in places like Hong Kong, uh, just just broadly, because uh, if you recall back to when uh, Xi Jinping uh, was you know reappointed as leader, I uh, don't think anybody expected otherwise, but the market took a bit of a swan dive then. Uh, and so there's a lot of value broadly across sectors. So I think you should also look for an improvement in performance for those sectors which are frankly, valuing, so parts of tech like Tencent, uh, and and also I think financials uh, is an obvious pick if we see some improvement in uh, Chinese financial conditions associated with a lessening of restrictions. And Kingsley, will do you see that having a positive impact on the rest of other Asian, in the rest of other Asian markets then? Because so for like Malaysia, we're so heavily dependent on China as a trade partner. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have to acknowledge you know, China is the second largest economy in the world. And as you mentioned, uh, supply chains are uh, cross-integrated between, you know, centers of Chinese production and also uh, other production or finishing in places like Vietnam or Malaysia or other parts of the whole ASEAN community. So we would expect generally if there is some at least glimmer of light that China is going to be less restrictive and a bit more pragmatic, uh, then that has to provide a boost to the whole region, we think. 
And um, Kingsley, let's take a look at what's happening over in the U.S. front um, and really the, lo- the risk of recession. Uh, I think in earlier commentary, you did mention that a recession now seems more likely in the second quarter of 2023, especially with the inversion in global bond yields. Um, after Powell's comments last week, are you still holding to that view? How deep and wide do you see this downturn to be? Uh, yes, we think that a recession remains likely. I think that um, given that there is some moderation inflation, it's still very early days because it was a small one. I I think you might not be calling for a a deep recession, but it may be shallow and sluggish for some time. Uh, And I think the key here is that that Labor report, Mm. you know, non-farm payrolls and, um, you know, wages growing higher than expected, um, you know, 0.6% month on month rather than 0.3%. So I think this speaks to something that a lot of commentators have been anticipating, which is, yeah, your commodity price driven inflation will start to roll off, particularly because the comparables, you know, if you go back a year, you know, the the period where inflation in commodities is really likely to soften considerably and in fact start deflating is one year forward from the onset of the uh, of the war in Ukraine. So March next year, you would be expecting you know, oil price inflation and other commodity inflation will be well off and perhaps even in deflation. Uh, but the big risk here is um, rising wages. And I say risk in a qualified fashion. Obviously, it's great that employment is strong in the US and it's great that um, employees are getting wage rises. But that pace of those wage rises at 5% is still less than the 7% plus inflation rate. Mm. So we think that with a very tight employment market at 3.7% employment, it's very likely that those wage bids will continue. And and I think, therefore, the big risk for the U.S. slipping into what we think will be a shallow but broad recession is, uh, in fact, this issue of uh, this tussle between different sectors of the economy, uh, you know, to improve either their margins in the case of corporate and their sales or, or, or their wages in the case of labour. And I think that's going to be a tough struggle. And the kicker for the market is the likely earnings downgrades that follow as wage increases continue to erode corporate profit margins. And Kingsley, with global financial conditions looking less sanguine, what are your thoughts on holding cash assets as a way to batten down for the coming storm? Or um, what sort of uh, cash holding should one actually hold in their portfolio? I think, you know, too much cash is probably a bit conservative, as we've seen with these, you know, these rallies in the US, especially that are second-guessing you know, Fed pivot and perhaps the end of this bear market. We personally think that's premature, as you would have heard. So, But some cash holdings up to 10% make sense because uh, if we're right, then there will be more value in equities and there's a bottom to be buying uh, probably in the first quarter of next year. But at this point, I, I think the smart money would be deploying whatever cash they have into bonds. Uh, and, and that might seem to be a bit controversial given that bonds have had a truly horrible year uh, you know, it's been, I think, by more, all accounts, the worst year for bond markets in living memory, if not most of the recorded history of the modern market. Um, but, you know, bonds are starting to improve now. Bond yields uh, at the long end in the US are 10-year, down about 3.5%, having reached 4%. Now, we're not sure if they'll stay at 35 They may track back up a little bit, but I do think it's a good time to be thinking about putting money in bonds because the logical path here is for bonds to strengthen uh, as a place where you can make money deploying cash while stocks weaken, we think, off of earnings downgrades. So we think it's probably going to be a year where bonds beat stocks next year, uh, quite the reverse of the of the last three years.
What about in terms of um, geographical uh, asset allocation? Are you more EM or DM? I think you have to stay developed markets for now uh, because normally with US dollar strength, um, you know, the emerging markets will see tighter financial conditions and therefore it's a, it's a bit soggy. But, you know, in the spirit of what I was saying earlier about the bonds, I think the bonds will do well first. Um, but then, you know, we'll probably see earnings downgrades in the US in the first quarter of next year. And it is time to be thinking about emerging markets as a buy, particularly if we do see what we think will happen, which is a weaker stock market in January, February, March of next year, particularly in the US. And, you know, the US being king, that will bring all markets down. But we think that's probably the time to think about buying emerging markets. And in particular, as I mentioned, with commodity prices likely, you know, coming off in terms of the pace of inflation, you know, one year forward from the uh, the um, start of the Ukraine war, commodities will probably all pretty much be flat to down. And, and that's generally good for the broader emerging markets if we see dollar weakness as well. So you want to be thinking, we think, about buying emerging markets in the second quarter of next year. Uh, and obviously, valuation is the key to that. So keep an eye on that. And China might actually lead us out of this for emerging markets simply because things have been so bad for some time uh, in terms of sentiment because people feared that, you know, the Central Communist Party was really going to kill the economy. And I think those fears are starting to fade a little bit, particularly if they make good on their, you know, seeming, um, uh, you know, pedal back of, of severe COVID restrictions to get the economy moving. Kingsley, thanks as always for the chat. That was Kingsley Jones, Chief Investment Officer at Jevons Global, giving us his take on some of the trends that he sees moving markets in the days and weeks ahead. Yeah, I think he's uh, advocating having some bonds in your portfolio. Bonds had a terrible year this year. But three years, three Jensen. years, Bad three years. Yeah, but with signs of uh, inflation peaking and interest rates moderating, I think it's really time to perhaps uh, diversify out of equities where he says that there could be downside in terms of earnings, they say with rising wages, eating corporate profits. So it's good to hold some cash and maybe diversify into bonds, which, had, like you said, had a terrible three years. Yeah, I guess the, the bottom line is he's suggesting having a more balanced portfolio, right? Uh, rather than just concentrating all your assets into equities. But for the moment, it's still DM. That, that surprised me a right. little bit because I thought, oh, the era of king dollar is coming to an end. We have seen US dollar retreat. And with that, prices of all US dollar assets will also come down. But I guess there's more certainty in developed markets versus emerging markets. But I think the uh, something to keep an eye on is definitely China. If it continues to actually have news with relaxation with regards to COVID-19, I think this market is ripe for a rally because it's done so badly on a year-to-date basis. Indeed. It is 7.17 in the morning now. We're heading into some messages. We're going to come back uh, with the top stories in the newspapers and portals this morning. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. The World Market Watch is brought to you by CIMB Preferred. Moving forward with you. Visit cimbpreferred.com.my for their preferential services beyond banking. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.